De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today. Yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today we're going to talk about tried and true tips for sales and marketing alignment and the biggest CRM pain points for sales reps. Joining us is Chip House, who's the CMO at Insightly, which unified CRM elevates the customer experience by aligning sales marketing and service in one platform. This helps your business sell smarter, grow faster, and build lasting customer relationships. So far this week, Chip and I have talked about how tech supports sales and marketing alignment. We talked about how painful it is to switch your CRM. And today we're going to wrap up our conversation by discussing is getting a tooth pulled better than your customer support? Okay. Here's my conversation with Chip House, the CMO at Insightly. Chip, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Doug. Great to be here. So I'm wondering, is it possible that we could be more antagonistic with our topic today? And I'm going to make an argument. I'm going to argue that for competitive industries, so this does not include your local cable provider, customer support tends to be good because it has to be. Is your experience different? Yeah, I think my experience is different, especially during the great resignation here. I was just on the phone yesterday with an airline for 45 plus minutes and I didn't resolve my problem, right? First, I, I waited forever, even though I'm a, you know, premier flyer and I fly a lot and, you know, even to get to their premier team, right? It took me a good 15 minutes on hold then 45 minutes of a call where I wasted a big chunk of my Sunday to not accomplish my objective. And so I think it is, you know, a lot of people are used to the, you know, hashtag Comcast experience. <laughs> Maybe that's sort of similar to that. That was unfair, Chip. I got to tell you, you brought up airlines. I thought I had, you know, created the poison pill for this conversation by saying cable company, but then you brought airlines in. And I think it's a fair point, right? I feel like we've had so much kind of degradation of services over time related to the pandemic. And you just mentioned the great resignation. And in many ways, Chip, I think what you're saying is potentially this is going to be more systemic and we just shouldn't take it anymore. It, well, it, it feels systemic, I guess, you know, as a, certainly as a cons- consumer, I think, you know, most B2B brands seem to be doing better, I think, frank, frankly, but certainly not all. And yeah, I, I, I certainly hope that technology enables orgs who are struggling with headcount to just be more efficient and deliver a better experience. So when we have these horrible customer experiences, and, and I have to say, lots and lots of friends in the industry, customer experience industry, who really care about this, by the way. So I'm just going to make a nod to these folks. Like, you know, you are the warm, happy center of the conversation we're not having right now, right? And I, I think we've all had this experience before. And, you know, I will tell you, Chip, to me, it just feels like typically my worst experiences are located with the organizations that 
have the least competition, meaning there are many good things about capitalism, many bad things about them. But one of the great things about capitalism is if you stink at what you do, you're going to be kicked out of the market pretty quickly. And we really have a lot of people who now recognize what excellent customer experience is and talk about it, right? So I guess what I'd like to understand a bit better is typically how is it that you're helping organizations tackle this poor customer experience that they're propagating? How is it your company helps and how do you help, Chuck? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great question, Doug. Thanks. I think, first of all, you're right. I, I think that competition, right, does tend to serve companies well from this standpoint, whether it's marketing or certainly customer experience, right? They know that they need to differentiate and provide a better customer experience than their competitor. Here's, here's the, what I think the problem is. I think most companies sort of overrate their own customer experience and they assume that, hey, we're doing a great job, but you get what you measure, right? I think ultimately, and it just tends to be one of the areas that I think most executives need to spend more time on really digging into what the what the customer experience is at, at every stage of the journey. I mean, I'm familiar with the, the old adage, right? When, if you want to know what's going on in your manufacturing line, you, you, you go down to the line, right? You, you watch things get pulled off the line and talk to people down on the line to figure out what's working and what's not. I think the same thing has to apply, you know, from a customer support standpoint, you know, the, this, we did a survey with Zogby here not too long ago, and only 6% of consumers say that a company's customer support always exceeds expectations, but 35% of business decision makers believe that their company always de- exceeds customer expectations. So that's a disconnect right there. Customers are saying, hey, you guys are not doing a great job, but most companies are sort of have an ignorant view of what they're doing. I have not heard that number before, and that's kind of an amazing stat. It really is. So let's unpack that for a bit. Six percent of people responded and said that their experiences were better than they expected to be. But when we polled executives, 35 percent said, no, actually, we're doing really well. We think we're crushing it. So are we talking about the wrong measures? Are we talking about, you know, some sort of mass delusion with executives? Chip, you and I are executives. Are we delusional? I think we're hopeful and, and we're, we're used to, to marketing our, our orgs internally and externally for what we do. I mean, we're, we're sales and marketing people, right? This is, this is what we do. We, we know how to create a positive spin. But I think if you're drinking your own Kool-Aid, you know, that's a problem because you have to measure everything you do. And, you know, with technology now, the customer experience should be uber measurable now, right? Whether, like I mentioned it before, whether it's the initial touch point that a prospect has with an ad or with their discussion with the SDR, you know, how authentic and truthful was your company for what they're actually experiencing down downstream is super, super critical. And you can now, if you're intentional as a leader, you can go, you can go get that data. You can listen to more calls, whether they're sales calls or customer support calls. And frankly, you can, you can experience what it's like to be a customer yourself. I also think it's interesting. You, you mentioned before getting down on the line to see how the product's being produced. And we talked yesterday about how there's this proliferation of applications 
to make you know these core CRM systems stickier. And one of them is sales intelligence software, right? So this is Gong, this is Chorus, right? These are the organizations that are ultimately helping provide salespeople the ability to sell better. It's really interesting that it has not applied, by the way, to customer experience, or perhaps it has. I'm just ignorant of it completely, Chip. So it's interesting that we're not thinking about it this way. The other thing I want to say is this, and, and I'll give full credit to the person that came up with this idea. So if you're listening, Matt Hines, I had Matt on the podcast a month and a half ago, and, and Matt was arguing that in many ways, if we measured the prospect experience as opposed to the efficiency of the pipeline, if we started there, we would actually increase alignment between sales and marketing, and we would be like, more likely, we meaning the companies that are focused in that way, to win. In other words, to be winning those deals, deal by deal basis. And I will tell you, as a consumer of a lot of software chip, I have actually gone away from a solution because of such a poor experience. In other words, product superiority, but I didn't feel like I could actually get what I needed to out of the product because I didn't feel like their support was decent and I bounced them. Yeah, yeah. So in many ways, I feel like that's where we ultimately talk about. But what I want to dig into a bit better is that self-delusion, if we can. I would say one of the benefits of being a B2B SaaS is we typically have investors. And if we don't have investors, then we're public and we have shareholders. And we have this thing called net recurring revenue. And net recurring revenue tends to be a fairly truthful representation of the overall utility and experience for the customer. Now, there's some lags there. You can start punching through some bad customer experiences and not see it for a bit. It tends to be a, a source of truth. Do we feel like we're leaning too far into things like NPI, or do we feel like we're leaning too far into things that are self kind of prophesizing, meaning we're looking at the wrong numbers? Well, I mean, I, th I think th the good news is, you know, leaders, I buy a lot of software too, right? I mean, and so, so I have that experience of being a buyer of B2B software, which, which helps me think through with the kind of experience I'd like to deliver. But I think broadly, what's frustrating as a customer, right? And again, you know, for our, for our survey that we've done, we learned being ignored is super, super problematic. You know, number one, certainly waiting on hold. And, you know, you and I, like you mentioned, I think are of the same, same age, maybe. So we're certainly way more likely to pick up the phone than our Gen Z or our millennial co-workers, right? And so they're even less and less likely to pick up the phone, probably to try to resolve any issue because they just don't like the phone, right? They're expecting that to be, you know, solved somehow online via chat or in some automated fashion. But the other thing, and, and I think this is a really critical piece, Doug, that speaks to technology directly is customers hate having to repeat themselves. And so that means if they have, if they're having to repeat themselves, then you're doing a bad job of managing either their data or how that data is communicated among the customer facing teams, whether that's sales, marketing or service or others, accounting, billing, things like that, super important as well. And so that is a problem that technology can solve, right? Because we ha have a place where we can put information about a customer and interactions with a customer, and it's called a CRM, right? And companies need to adopt and use it. So I don't know. I might I might be diverging from your question, Doug, but that's that's need to get out of my soapbox. 
No, I think that's a perfect capstone to a really great conversation. Chip, we've had a really good conversation over the last three days, talked about how to get sales and marketing line using technology. You know, we talked about the pain potentially of and why you would embrace transitioning to a new, new CRM solution. Then we uh, we shared some uh, anecdotes about <laughs> how horrible customer experience can be. But ultimately, I agree with you, Chip. I think it all really begins at the end of the day with how that te supporting technology really makes that customer experience better. Well, thanks for being on the podcast with me today, Chip. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it. All right. That wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Chip House, CMO at Insightly, for joining us. If you would like to contact or learn more about Chip, you can find a link in, to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is C-E-H-O-U-S-E, -E, or visit his company website at insightly.com forward slash MarTech. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to the podcast, head over to RevGenPod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can contact me directly. My handle is MarketAdvocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself.